Hello and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a look at movies, television, comics, and let you know if it's worth a second. I'm your host, Jeremy McKinley, and today we are talking about Stranger Things Season 4, or Stranger Things 4. As uh, I believe the Duffer Brothers like to categorize each season as a eight-hour movie. So I believe this season is a bit longer than eight hours as each episode is about 90 minutes and that last episode clocking in at around two and a half hours. But let's hop into it. Last time we saw the Hawkins crew. Ellen lost her powers. Max's brother had been turned evil by the Mind Flayer and feeding a lot of townsfolk into that John Carpenter's thing-like creature. And Hopper fake died in an explosion. I'll get onto that later. Now, a lot of reviews are out there saying that Stranger Things finally got its groove back. Now, being a fan of all three seasons, I was unaware said groove had been lost. So as I sat back with the wife and binged the first part, I became befuddled the 90 minute per episode behemoth of a season not to mention the two and a half hour finale in part two is in my humble opinion a bloated drawn out mess with some potential to be good if certain bolder decisions were made and we're going to talk about the lack of bold decision making in this particular season uh, to break it down the plot in a nutshell uh, you got an evil freddy krueger inspired villain called vecna by the dnd crew now called the hellfire club is killing kids to open up gates between our world and the upside down while l tries to get her powers back to help joyce goes to russia to help hopper in probably the most unnecessary portion of the season and the hawkins crew does a bit of sleuthing to find out how to stop vecna it seems very simple, and it very much is. It just, uh, they draw it out. They draw it out a lot. To start things off, this season tries to juggle about 20 different characters at once and stick about 12 of them to the ceiling while juggling the other eight in hopes that we, the audience, don't notice. So many characters in this show have plot lines that exist only to make the characters feel relevant, but in the end don't matter. Robin and Will have two gay subplots that don't really go anywhere. Uh, that being said, Noah Schnapp, who plays Will Byers, killed it in his coming out scene, even if the character he's talking to might seems to be completely oblivious to it. Uh, I just wish it amounted to something. You know, the whole being yourself I wish that moment had like a, a moment later of him being himself and being a hero in some sense, but he's, they really don't take that really much anywhere. They play the will they won't they with Steve and Nancy and spoiler, they won't. And even more importantly, we don't care. Mike has become a super aloof boyfriend that feels like the most useless character in the entire show, despite being called the heart of the group by Will, who actually should be the heart of the group. This new character, Alpha Jock, Jason galvanizes the town to think people who play D&D worship Satan and start an angry mob that never really amounts to anything. It reminds me of the story of the West Memphis Three, if you guys have never heard of that. It's about these uh, this town in Memphis, or obviously Memphis, uh, Tennessee, where these goth kids back in the 80s were literally accused and convicted of murder. A clear murder that they did not commit and were put in jail for about 20-ish years or so. It was a, it's a big thing back in the day and people were fighting for a long time to get these kids out. The show really felt like at this point that it wanted to tap into that kind of 80s satanic scare, that whole sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole goth kind of look was starting to come in and it scared a lot of parents, especially like conservative uh, religious parents and I feel like they're kind of tapping into that here 
but they don't take it any further than uh, I would hope. And it's kind of a disappointment because the show has enough time to. I mean, if you're going to make every episode and, you know, 90 minutes each episode is essentially a movie, uh, you know, really get into it. And I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Talking the plot lines that matter, I feel they suffer from a much different problem. Uh, they all take way too long. Let's talk about the big villain of the show, Vecna, the big bad, as we will. The mystery behind Vecna is probably the biggest disappointment as it undercuts a darker origin for Elle that could have given her arc more punch. There's an opening that kind of suggests that Elle may have killed a bunch of kids like her in a kind of freak, you know, telekinetic accident. And it, it feels very almost like Wolverine Weapon X, like, the, you know, this this weapon that just kind of goes berserk. And it, and she kind of is presented like that in the opening. And it, it made me think, oh, this character has a darker past, which uh, I love. I, I, I love characters coming from a darker past and having to, uh, you know, see them come to the, come to the side of the light and forgive themselves for doing horrible things. But they end up backtracking on it and making it Vecna that does all that. And it really just I don't know it just seemed to it seemed to be a, like a long fake out that kind of just made her like oh no she was the hero the whole time she went in and she stopped him and stuff and now she kind of exhausted herself using her powers and that kind of reset her so when you see her in season one she talks as if she hasn't really used language that much so just uh just another opportunity to drop just bold how would I say, the illusion of a bold move that uh, ends up having a giant balloon under it so you fall and it's just so safe, just so very safe. As for Vecna himself, uh, his reason for being evil is non-existent. He's very apex predator for apex predator's sake. Uh, similar to Andrew from Chronicle, minus the father actually, or minus the father abuse and stuff, so motivation if you will. He's very much a, I'm strong, they're weak, therefore I kill them. As a kid, they show him murdering his family for no reason, and while the way he kills are quite bone-crunchingly disturbing to watch, there's zero emotional weight. I mean, this family was seemed super normal, you know, your average 60s nuclear family. Everyone was nice, and then he just kind of starts torturing them, and yeah, I don't know, like, it's very, it's very the omen, I guess, you know, like, if, you know, the kid was very you know, much, you know, evil from the start. And so, yeah, it's not the, uh, it's not that deep. That being said, if you want to like, if you want to take it into a more corrective path, um, there are other ways to make a villain scary. Uh, for example, have him kill one or if not two major characters that have been around since the beginning. Uh, Stranger Things has a habit of introducing new characters only to kill them off by the end of said season. Uh, the OGs, you know, by this point in time have been shown to have way too much plot armor as no one from season one in terms of a main character has, uh, has bit the dust or even really been really screwed up minus Will, who was in the Upside Down. There's a point, actually no two points, where Vecna is about to kill Max and he has L on a metaphorical platter and what does he do? He starts monologuing. He starts monologuing. He starts like this prepared speech yeah. about how feeble I am compared to him, how inevitable my defeat is, how the world will soon be his. Yammering. I mean, a guy has me on a plane and he won't shut up. My wife and I 
my wife and I were cheering for him to kill these freaking kids. Don't judge us until you watch it. The show tries to squeeze out every bit of that tension toothpaste only to realize it ran out 20 minutes ago. So many pauses, so many long looks, so much talking when all Vecna needs to do is put on a pair of Nikes and just do it! When main characters who, mind you, are being choked up by Vecna's tentacles for like 45 minutes, you start to think maybe, maybe these characters aren't gonna die. It's weird when something like the villain's monologue has become a common trope that has been parodied by SNL, Austin Powers, to even The Incredibles, and then subverted in Kingsman. Modern storytelling should be past this by now. You know, it feels very similar to like watching uh, the remake to Evil Dead after watching Cabin in the Woods. You know, like all the all the tropes have been made fun of. The average audience member is just aware of all the strings, all the seams in a, in any given horror film or in that particular kind of horror film. And yeah, it's time to move forward and create some new tropes. And this one seemed to lean heavily back on all the tropes. Uh, my next gripe, the pacing. The show could have been at the very least exciting if every episode was about 30 minutes shorter. Uh, so many scenes felt drawn out. Plot lines that look, plot lines that took time away from things that matter. Plot lines like the Russian prison escape with Hopper has zero bearing on the rest of the story. That plot line literally has, we find Hopper who's in this Russian prison and he's being you know he's trying to get his way out he's bribed a guard and then uh the guard kind of gets him out but then the person that's supposed to get him out rats on both of them and in his escape he gets caught and then he goes back to prison and you're like okay is this the point where they kill him because you know these are russians and they're doing the whole if you escape we'll kill you if you know they're supposed to be that you know that typical 80s you know stoic uh stoic villain type thing and uh yeah they just keep letting him live they don't really break any legs or cause him any more damage or maim him he just keeps getting away or he keeps getting away with not being punished for getting caught and then uh they break him out again and only to go right back into the prison so it's very much they spend the entire season at this prison going in breaking out going back in breaking out that's literally the entire story arc and it's uh it's quite boring considering that prison gets really 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 dull really quickly now uh, the entire childhood of vecna uh, could have been removed and changed nothing minus the fact that we know what his house looks like uh the whole back backstory i mentioned earlier about him killing his family for no reason if you remove that and just kind of meet him for the first time in Elle's flashbacks when she's trying to get her powers uh it makes him uh, immediately more scary uh i'm gonna say this if you can't make your uh, if you can't make your villain scary by showing his childhood then don't show anything at all like you know take the jaws route take the michael myers route just have him be pure evil for the sake of being pure evil and not explain why less is more definitely in this case the subplot with the new character eddie which i was actually a big fan of his character he looked a lot like a he looked a lot like a young robert downey jr which i think people have been saying a lot um but yeah this character was being hunted down or at the start for a crime that people thought he did and i like that you know and then it just kind of fizzles he kind of stops the town kind of stops looking for him and he kind of just fades into the background of importance I mean, the crew spends pretty much, you know, the entire season trying to keep him safe. And then when it all goes down, um, 
yeah, the town's really not thinking about him anymore. I mean, he's thought of as this character who's con- or this person that's connected to a murder, but people are worried about bigger things by the end. So again, it's more just like, oh, he's not remembered for being a hero, which he is. And uh, yeah, I just he needed a stronger. There needed to be more resolution between him and the town, and that's completely just kind of. I, I think, anyway, thrown to the wayside. Uh, this show tries to give everybody something to do, which I appreciate. It tries to give everyone main character status, which I think is a bigger problem, because when you try to make everyone the main character... No one will be. Now, on the positive side, the technical aspects are all very well done. Uh, Vecna's practical makeup is great, especially when like he has like these tendrils, or kind of like they feel like they're made to look like... Uh, pieces of muscle on him and they kind of move around like these uh, these snakes which I, I thought looked very good and I watched a video of uh, the actor getting uh, his makeup job done which you know obviously took hours but it looks fantastic I thought uh, for the most part that his um, it was CGI uh, but no a lot of it is very practical and I appreciate practical as uh, it just looks better and it ages a whole lot better too the wig on L and the deep fake they made to make young L I thought were great. Uh, I honestly didn't even notice it, which is, you know, that's the creme de la creme of um, compliments you can give CG when you don't even notice it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is a young L. This is supposed to be her as a, you know, as a young girl again, and she's not that anymore. And this is new footage. So how did they get it? And then uh, thinking, oh yeah, they probably used some deep fake, uh, put her face on a child, which I saw that there was a, uh, there was obviously a child double young L's body and uh, it looked great it looked fantastic in those flashbacks uh, there's a great gunfight near the middle of the show which is in my opinion the best action scene of the show and it just it's just literally a gunfight in the house but it's really intense it's shot really well it's shot with wides I love long wide takes with gunfights because uh, one of the biggest problems with the modern um, not creative or just not just basic gunfight is geography you can never really tell where anyone is at any given time so when you see people shooting you're like where are they shooting from you know people will pop out from cover and shoot and you're like they're shooting at a bad guy I don't know where the bad guy is in perspective to them but yeah that gunfight was pretty damn good Uh, there's a cool monster fight at the Russian prison but it lacks any real tension because well, it involves Hopper, and you know he should have been dead five times over by that point. But again, plot armor to kind of close this whole thing out. I went back and listened to my review of season three of it. Of a, I went back and listened to my review of season three of Stranger Things, and I remember giving it a 8.5 out of 10, and I praised it for its um its bold decision making uh, specifically, and I didn't get into the spoilers there. But uh, when they killed Hopper, when they had the explosion happen and everyone was vaporized all Dr. Manhattan style. And then at the end of said season, there's like an after credits thing, or maybe it was right at the end of the show, where they show that there's someone stuck in a Russian prison. And everyone thought it was Hopper. I hoped it wasn't, which is why I said uh, I gave it credit for making bold moves. I hope, fingers crossed. But uh, they just completely uh, recanted that entire bold move of killing off a main character. Like, that was a great hero sacrifice. And, yeah, this feels very similar to, you know, like Loki uh, in the Marvel Universe, where you can only have him fake die so many times before I don't care when he actually dies. And that's kind of what I felt watching, you know, Infinity Infinity War, where Thanos finally chokes him out, and I'm like, I don't care anymore, you've you've done this you've done this thing before you've you've exhausted my care (laughs) for this 
And uh, the show has kind of done that here, where I feel like the show just plays it safe. Max should have been dead. So many characters should have been dead, and they just aren't. But if you're a side character, like one of those kids that uh, Vecna was killing, who he will kill immediately, uh, yeah, you're gone. It just, uh, when, when, you, when no one, when everyone that matters feels safe, you, uh, you kind of fall into a territory of just me not caring. And I definitely did not really care here. Uh, I really hope this doesn't pull a Game of Thrones, but it looks to be heading down that upside down road. Fingers crossed they pull out of this nose dive by next season. But as for now, I will give this season a 5 out of 10. Thank you for listening to At First Glance. You can find us on Podbean and you can find us on the Apple Podcast app. I'm Jeremy McKinley, and thank you for joining me.